Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to Picked Up, the TV Pilot Review <laughs> Podcast. I am your host, Rich Camelucci, here, uh, uh, actually on the couch as well this time around. Um, uh, what we do here is uh, we'll watch a uh, different pilot episode of a TV show every week. This year, we are running through uh, episodes from uh, the, the best, what are deemed the best pilots of the 2000s. Um, and uh, thank you so much for listening, downloading, subscribing. Um, check us out uh, if you haven't already and you're listening. You haven't listened to all the other ones or or you have, but you're just not subscribed for some reason. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play. Also, find us on ArcadeAudio.net. All that sweet, sweet uh, stuff that we're putting out. Uh, all sorts of good stuff. We're adding stuff all the time. Um, someone who helped me add uh, some some stuff to Arcade Audio uh, this week um, saved my uh goddamn podcast life um <laughs> and joining me for a second go around here on picked up ladies and gentlemen from new york tope out of banjo dude how are you doing i'm doing fantastic thank you for that intro a guy who does podcast stuff tope out of banjo <laughs> gonna put that on my card uh, a guy who's a goddamn podcast wizard <laughs> um and and saves you save pod lives my friend it feels good it feels good knowing that i'm doing something that's helping people saving lives instead of working in TV and not helping a goddamn person. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, at least you actually might be like the closest person to like, actually, well, no, you are, you're straight up like technically an industry insider. Uh, and you might be like the most relevant person to actually be on this show. <laughs> it's just scary for me that I can be called a TV insider, which like you said, technically, I'm, I, I am. Like, I, I know things that I can't say, and but uh, yeah. oh, that's a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fun to see friends from college, like, going to actually, like, work for companies that make things that everyone eventually sees. And um, at some point in time, never you. <laughs> but be uh, privileged to certain pieces of information and then just having to sit on them. Um, and, and, oh, it's so hard because you just want to, you just want to like tease it out to everyone else and you can't. <laughs> That's, and I mean, I would never tell you guys any information, you know, beforehand, but uh, even though I have, I assume. But I think the biggest one from uh, two years ago was my company produces Ride with Norman Reedus on AMC. Speaking of AMC, we'll get to that later. Uh, yeah. But just knowing that that show was happening and seeing everyone online being like, oh my god, is he getting killed off The Walking Dead? Is he? And me just being like, <laughs> you motherfuckers. You don't even know. And I don't watch Walking Dead, so I have no idea. I had no idea who who he was, and still don't really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just said that uh, dude that looks like looks like he's looking into the sun all the time. <laughs> that's that's why he's got the sunglasses, man. He's just too cool for school. He is. He's he's actually he is a very weird dude. Uh, if you follow him on Instagram, he rivals John Cena in levels of weird. It's <laughs> it's very delightful. <laughs> That's a point of Instagram at the end of the day to yeah. to be weird and for models to show off their titties and butts. That's it. 
in, in that order. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I love Instagram. So much weird stuff and titties and butts. <laughs> weird. Speaking of which, follow the Arcade Audio Instagram. <laughs> A lot of it is stuff. pretty weird. It is pretty weird. <laughs> like, when you look at it with no context, it's just like all these images from completely different podcasts and it's like oh yeah this is very very weird <laughs> so it's a favorite thing to do like just go to like a random instagram page and just look at like the nine pictures that you know show up on your phone and it's just like man people are fucking weird uh i can't wait till that's like the next um facebook post thing like go to your instagram and post the top nine pictures that are on there your most recent and then caption them or some bullshit like that <laughs> I I probably would just quit Facebook if if one more trend happens. I'm quitting Facebook, just in general. <laughs> all right, you got to make sure that you dis- distinguish between trends and memes. All right, because you know it's very important. Memes are very important. Trends suck. It's a wish I knew the difference. I'm glad I'm getting to the age where I don't have to know the difference. So I'm feeling actually really <laughs> good about that. <laughs> uh, that's a that's actually a. Pretty fair point. Um, uh, to kind of get us into um, sort of actually talking about some TV stuff, uh, I don't know how much time you have to. I know this is what you do, but I don't know how much time you have to actually watch stuff. But I'm still going to ask you, Delphi, dude, what you watching? So that's where it's weird. Uh, I wanted to be in TV for most of my life, and I got in. Because I loved watching TV, and then I realized when you watch TV all the time, you don't like watching TV. Technically, I should be watching a lot of TV, but honestly, right now, I've been watching a lot of, like, old shit. Like, just old episodes of uh, Curb, Seinfeld, uh, started watching Flat the Concords, watched the first nice. three episodes of Atlanta. You know, that's not old, but I just at this point, but I feel like it is. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's pretty, like, past the curve. Um, there are, what, like nine seasons of Curb? Yeah, and it's coming back. <laughs> and like, it's coming back. I think Larry Day was just like, God, I, I did the Bernie Sanders thing and making money's nice again. Fuck it. I'll, I'll go back on TV. <laughs> yeah, he's got that like super uh, open relationship with HBO where they're just like, yeah, dude, whatever, whatever you want to do, come back. Why not? We don't care. Do whatever you want. Which is like that's which is it's the most insane thing. Like him and Larry David Louis. and Louis C.K. It's like these open ended deals where I, I know Louis C.K. like either like breaks even or loses money on the show, but it's so cheap that they're like fuck it, yeah. do it. <laughs> they just like FX just like drops like the budget for the whole season just into a bank account when he asks for it. <laughs> it's like the most under the table shit for like a national like a, a cable television show it's 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 great it feels illegal as hell he just puts the finished episode in a paper bag and just pushes it under their doors and he's like oh hey like in two weeks i don't care <laughs> and then uh for atlanta because fx is the shit and i love them uh atlanta isn't getting a new season till 2018 so take your time with that. <laughs> I was going to say, I can watch um, an episode every two months. Basically, yeah. 
and the whole reasoning for that was because uh, Glover got uh, cast as Lando in um, in the 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 fucking what's his face Han Solo movie, and Landgraf was like, "What am I gonna do? Not let him be Lando Calrissian in the fucking Star Wars Han Solo movie?" <laughs> and and he apparently he's gonna be Simba now. He's gonna be Simba. What the fuck? This motherfucker had a sketch about fucking bro rape and shit in your pants. <laughs> I'm sitting here. We are at the same level at one point. Me and Donald Glover. I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm not mad about it. I directed those sketches you wrote. Yeah. <laughs> those could have gone viral. I could have be Lando right now. Our Simba. Man, fuck Donald Glover for real. And I could be DC Pearson right now. <laughs> you t- Still good. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot closer to him than you are to, to Glover. So. Uh, yep, that I. Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> oh god. I uh, yeah, I saw that on uh, Favreau's um, Instagram last night, uh, and I I fucking love that he got James Earl Jones to be Mustafa again. Like that's the fucking best. I just don't. Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching old '90s WWE. So I have Colonel Mustafa in my brain. Much better movie, and anyway, Colonel Mustafa. Yeah, yeah. As as Mufasa. Oh God! Just the Iron Sheik as, as Mufasa. <laughs> Everything that was that like touches is yours. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Simba. Uh, fuck. I want that now. Um, yeah, I can't wait to uh, see everyone else who gets cast in that because I actually watched the. Uh, did you see that live action Jungle Book that he did? I haven't. How how did that turn out? It's it's good. It's good. Turns out, dude knows how to tell a story. Motherfucker, I just. I, I'm not a fan of all these remakes, but if they're going to be good, I guess, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I think also just like not having, not knowing what to expect going in as far as like, I knew it was good, but I didn't know if they in, would incorporate like the songs uh, from the, you know, the first Disney uh, version of it. Um, and like they did, but in a very sneaky way to where it's like halfway through the song. It's just like, oh, we're in the middle of uh, want to be like you right now. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm invested in it. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do this. Um, and then you also, like, go down a, a, an internet deep dive of the species of ape that uh, King Louis was. Because it was, like, based off of, like, a real species. And it was very, very fascinating. Uh, but incredibly, like, boring and, like, literally doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Gigantothippicus, I think it's called. Anyway. That sounds offensive for no reason at all. <laughs> it's, it, uh, it, I was gonna say, it sounds like the proper way you should call someone who's like like a black person or like someone who like it sounds like the proper way like there's a more racist way and then there's like the good way what they're actually called see it sounds more sexual to me like it sounds like a category on you porn <laughs> like yo I'm really into Gigantothippicus <laughs> yep that's it what's that <laughs> yep <laughs> that's so much yes that's 100% it and I will be searching so, that later tonight 
I mean, like, you know, you, you gotta at least check it out. See how you react to it. Uh, what, uh, what else you say? Seinfeld. Yes. Does Se- okay. Because I know uh, Friends had like a huge resurgence once it got put on Netflix. And you had this whole generation of literal children binge watching Friends and, and breathing even newer life into it. Um, and I don't even know if it like really holds up. I, I like that literally has nothing to do with whether it holds up or not. Seinfeld hold up for me it does because I can separate everything that's come that came after it and tried to be it and the show. Like I felt like if yeah. if my kid would sit down and watch that show, he'd be like, "This is not funny at all." And it's because oh yeah, because you've seen that episode a thousand times. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it. And it just and also it's like one of the most effortless shows that is also the most convoluted. Like if, if you miss the first five minutes of an episode, you'll be like, what the fuck has happened? <laughs> what I have no idea what's going on. Just lost beyond belief. <laughs> that's how I always because I always would never start it from the beginning. So my dad would come in when he was watching it, and I would watch it with him and be like, I why is everyone so angry? Why is everyone yelling? That is really kind of what what every episode of Seinfeld devolves into is just everyone just I don't know Jay Jay it's like just everyone just uh, uh, just being verbal exclamation marks <laughs> exactly have I ever told you this I don't think I've ever told you story of uh, the last episode of Seinfeld when it uh, premiered with me, with me and my dad at, at my school no. So, the night of the last episode of Seinfeld, my dad was a huge fan of it, was my parent-teacher conference at my school. So, we were at my school, and I, I just I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but he's just, I just see him tapping his foot and looking at his phone, and look, or his watch, not his phone, because I'm old. Right. <laughs> looking at his watch, and I, he just gets up halfway during the parent-teacher meeting, and just like leaves, and I just watch watch him walk by me, and he's like, "Your mom has your mom has this," and he leaves <laughs> to go home and watch it. And then I just get home, and he's just on the couch watching. And I'm like, "Fuck this show! <laughs> this show and is then I watch tearing it. my family apart." <laughs> you your family fell apart because of drugs. Your family fell apart because of your job. Mine because of fucking Seinfeld. Fuck you, Larry David. <laughs> uh, I because I also have never met your dad, but I'm. This is all filtering through Mullet's impression of your dad for me. <laughs> Hello, Toba. How are you doing? Because he thinks my dad talks like a like a robot gone wrong. Yeah. I was gonna make a small wonder reference, but I'm like, no one's gonna fucking get that. Hey, you know, like that doesn't stop Mullet from making them either. So, <laughs> but I guess that's sort of his vertical, like that's his corner. It, and that's how you know people you can get along with. You make references that only like two percent of people are gonna get, and mm-hmm. if they get it, friends forever. Yeah, that's that is how you make friends. You don't like meet friends through like gatherings or something like that or you go to these gatherings and you just start throwing the most minuscule shit out there <laughs> and whoever forget it yeah god friends uh 
<laughs> the fucking worst. <laughs> uh, uh, one quick thing I did want to bring up, because um, I was reminded about the uh, Pod Slam episode that you guys had for uh, picked up, where you list. Yes, not specifically that show, but mm-hmm. uh, what you guys did before, where you listed off all of the like new shows that were coming off this season, mm-hmm. and it reminded me that I wanted to tell the story that 2011. Uh, me and my two roommates at the time, I created a uh, TV pilot draft. So basically, we I think it ended up being 27 new shows that premiered between September and December. And we went back and forth drafting the shows based on which would get a second season. And it was seriously one of the most – it makes you want to watch all these shows that you have no, like, care for in the yeah. entire world. So if you can get some people to do that this upcoming season, we how, should absolutely do that. How is that the first time I'm hearing of this? I, I fucking don't know. Love that idea. <laughs> Holy shit, man! It's an easy thing. You draft the shows, and then I, what we did was confident points. So everyone had nine shows, and you got points. You you put the show that you were 100 percent sure. You know it's going to get picked up as your nine. The one you're kind of not sure as your one. And I, th- I want to say, what was the first pick? I know Pan Air <laughs> went in the first <laughs> round. <laughs> Followed by the Playboy I, Club? Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I forgot what I picked. I, I think I might have. I need to go back and look at it. I think I had Revenge like as a pretty high pick, which I, which I got like late on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's... I want to There's some other... Like, just terrible shows. I need to go back and find that list, but it's a... Fun thing to do if you just want to have a reason to watch a bunch of TV shows you care nothing about. Damn, I fucking love that. That also would have been interesting because I remember uh, during that live episode, we just completely shit all over This Is Us. And it's like the, it's like the <laughs> yeah. darling of this season. So, you know, go fucking figure. <laughs> um, damn, that is fucking sexy. And I, and I mean every word of that because uh, I feel like... You and I, in particular, have gotten down to such a level of fantasy sport numbness that we need like the kinky, like made up shit to like actually feel anything anymore. <laughs> there are probably better ways to put that, but you're a hundred percent right. I mean, it's... I I don't know any other way to put that. <laughs> like winning a fantasy football championship doesn't get me hard anymore. How else do I say it? It's not a metaphor. Actually, I had a friend who told me about this great thing on a U porn. If you just go to it and uh, it's this long monkey name, just search it. It's great. It will get you right back and working. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. Um, oh my! Ah, I don't even want to say this. I don't even <laughs> oh, want to oh. say this. Uh, but there's got to be fantasy porn, right? <laughs> That's oh, oh my god! I, what? what? <laughs> I have a lot of things go through my head. Exactly. Exactly. Two seconds. That's why I didn't want to say it without like actually just letting all those things rush through my head. And then I can like collect myself. And even then it's still, it's still fuck. Fuck. I'm starting to feel like when people are on podcasts with me, I just bring out the worst in them. I'm, it's it's my fault. This is I'm, I'm gonna admit it. The most degenerative I have ever been on this show. 
like on Podswoggle, I can get pretty bad, but like on here, I'm like, you know, I'm like kind of family friendly host, Rich. But you <laughs> are really just bringing out the dark side in me. Speaking of which, <laughs> oh, woo! Segways, baby. Um, unless you have anything else that you wanted to bring up, eh? no, I, I am ready to get into Let's this. Do it. So, uh, yeah, uh, we watched uh, AMC's Breaking Bad. And we will be talking about that after the break. And we're back here on Picked Up. Uh, That was um, the basically like a stinger for (laughs) for uh, for Breaking Bad. Went on the air. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I actually don't have any notes up or anything like that. But uh, 2008 AMC is that correct? I want to say 2007. Like, like late. I think 2008. Like, let me just okay. double check. Yeah, 2008. We are early 2008. So prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, created by Vince Gilligan, uh, a uh, who had been a writer on the X Files before, starring Brian Cranston. Oh, I usually know her name, Skyler. Ah, damn it. Um, uh, Anna, Anna Gunn, Gunn. Uh, RJ Mitty, uh, uh, Dean Norris, and Betsy Brandt, and Aaron Paul, of course. Why do I keep forgetting Aaron Paul? <laughs> God I damn say, it. I thought that's who you were forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to hit the family first and then, you know, go to the, the knucklehead. And, um, but yeah, you, so you selected uh, Breaking Bad from our ever dwindling list of shows to choose. Um. Uh. What was uh, uh What was sort of the thought process process behind uh, choosing Breaking Bad, and what's kind of like your history with the show? For me, and I'll say this a hundred percent all the time: this is the greatest TV show, beginning to end, ever made. Close book. Period. And I realized I started watching this show. It, I, it was weird because I knew what date it was around because I think I watched the first episode when it premiered for like the first like 10 minutes. Oh, wow. And <laughs> I remember turning the show on and it's, it's, it's insane that this show even exists in the first place because picture watching a show, you go to AMC, you're like, what the fuck is AMC? Cause this is like a year into like Mad Men and their first like scripted show. So it's like, what the fuck is this show? And you turn it on and you see fucking Malcolm the middle's dad, with a fucking gun and in his tidy whities Yeah. And it's like, I'm supposed to take this show, like, seriously? It's like, picture, like, now. It's like, you're watching this show, and you, it's about this fucking senator, this fucking strong guy, and his name is Frank Underwood, and it's the fucking dad from fucking Modern Family. It's like, you're not going to take House of Cards serious. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no matter what. With Ed O'Neill? Uh... I don't know. No, well, no, no, with the with the what's his name? The oh, Ed O'Neill, with yeah. Ty Burrell. Ty Burrell. Okay, D- completely yeah. different show. Ed yeah, O'Neill, right. much different. Yeah, Ed, o- <laughs> Ed O'Neill. If he's singing "Booty Time," like yeah, as, <laughs> as Frank Underwood. <laughs> so my, my my history with the show is: I watched the first episode, was like, "Oh, this is a pretty good show." But I was in college, so basically didn't watch it again. Uh, a few years later, watched the first three episodes. Was like, this is a great show. Didn't finish watching it. 
And then two years ago, or two, three years ago, I binge-watched the entire series and actually timed it out to where I watched the last episode a day after it premiered, so. That is, uh, that's pretty good planning. (laughs) It's all an accident. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is... A, an incredibly fascinating show for like a, literally a billion different reasons, just from a creative standpoint, a network standpoint, an industry standpoint. Like this was one of the first shows that really showed and, and, and uh, proved the, the way to harness the power of Netflix basically. Um, and, and show that it was like a viable tool to use for your future programming um which is just like crazy to think about a time before that but it it was um yeah i remember just hearing a lot of buzz about it and i knew it was the dad from malcolm in the middle and (laughs) i was i was frankly just happy to see him getting a good look on something because from what I remember about Malcolm in the Middle, Jane Kaczmarek, who played the mom, like, she was the one that always got all the shine from that show, as far as, like, the adults go. Uh, yeah, she absolutely. She won, like, a billion Emmys, and and then you never heard from her again. <laughs> uh, which, like... You guest spots. Sure. Stuff. <laughs> sure. But, like, you know, it's probably, like, of her own, like, choice and volition. Like, she probably is just, like, cool. I don't I'm I don't have to do a single thing ever again. I'm out. I'm just like spend time with my family. So it doesn't end up like a Malcolm in the Middle family. Um <laughs> but like so it's cool to see like oh yeah, it's the dad from the thing. Okay. Oh, he's doing like some like serious thing. Good for him. Cool. And then you hear it's it's uh an absolutely amazing show. You're like, "Oh, even better. Good for him." And it's like, "No, you need to fucking watch this." It's like, "Oh god, I should have been watching this." <laughs> just what everyone says about every single person I've been like watching the show they're like alright fine and then it's the same thing as you it's like oh, I should have been watching this show <laughs> and and more so than um, and I feel like I might just be doing this the entire episode but uh, just as far as comparing it to Mad Men because I feel like just in the grand scheme of things these two shows will be like indelibly linked forever um, but you know, more successful than Mad Men as far as harnessing the power of Netflix, it Breaking Bad's ratings were also able to grow as the show went on, like exponentially. Like it started with like super low ratings, so did Mad Men. But by the end of the run, it uh, was it, super high ratings, which you can't say the same thing about Mad Men. Mad Men stayed just about the same the whole the whole run, whereas Breaking Bad like doubled and tripled their ratings yeah i want to say literally every single season premiered with a higher rating than the last so it's like okay maybe people are really getting into this show yeah absolutely and um and so this pilot episode as it stands um i first off i didn't realize it was uh an hour running time (laughs) yeah and we also watched the uh 
the extended version that they did not play on uh, AMC. I was going to ask about that. <laughs> <laughs> because there were like two F-bombs, and I'm just like, okay, yeah. well, AMC's done that before. And then there were some big old titties, and <laughs> I said, hello! <laughs> yeah, I think that's the point when I saw the titties where I'm like, hmm. Don't remember seeing this. Probably would have kept on watching had I. <laughs> but even then, uh, that's that is kind of surprising um, to hear that you like watch the first ten minutes and then we're able to like change the channel because the at least like the you know first scene of the show is fucking gripping. Like it just they throws you into the shit and while like while still being exciting and raising a number of questions yeah <laughs> and, and a big thing about it and i think the reason i was able to change it because i probably watched that first scene was like oh my god this is an amazing wow what the fuck's happening and because it needs to be it's a very very slow build to you know meeting jesse and shit actually going down so I probably was like, uh, it's, it's a lot of about a dude coughing. I'm going to change the channel. <laughs> it, it, uh, I did find myself towards like the middle of the episode, um, kind of like checking my phone. It did kind of drag a little bit uh, around there. It, um, but overall, from like start to finish, it definitely played to me like a, like a short film. Like they were, they were shooting their shot in this episode. Um, to where if it did not get picked up, um, it still would have been like, it still seemed like a, a, a finished enough piece of work, you know? Exactly. Like if it ended with that and we never got another scene after the, uh, final scene of this, of this episode, like it would have been like, oh dang. Yeah. Good. All right. I'm fine with that. I could sort of extrapolate. (laughs) Yeah, and then he gets the money, and he's like, he gets the cure. Hey, great show! Show's over. Like, but that no other seasons. Yeah. Um, but also in watching this, especially the uh, the scene in his chemistry class, it is so apparent just how you know it may have Gilligan may not have known the specific beats to get to what would ultimately be the end, but it was definitely crystal clear how thought out this, this show was. And so not only was it thought out from like a creative point of view, but it was also like the creator was focused on that and just let everyone else fucking stunt like every department from wardrobe to uh, set design to like sound mixing, like everyone was just going fucking, just balls to the wall, like just being their most creative selves. And I think to add to that, I think a lot of it was like he was like, "Well, I got on this channel that doesn't really do scripted, and it's about crystal meth, <laughs> and they're giving me all this money. Fuck it, if it gets canceled, I'm doing something no one's ever done before." Yeah. So he's just like, fuck it, I'm going to go down with my sinking ship if, I, if it ends and do this show the way I want to do it. 
And also it doesn't help that this show started literally in the middle or right before the, uh, the uh, writer's strike of 2000 and, uh, 2007. Oh, did it really? Yeah. Damn. Uh, so what, uh, I don't know. Was there anything else that sort of like stood out, uh, to you? Like, Throughout the, the course of the whole episode, aside from uh, TV boobies? <laughs> the whole TV boob, The best kind of boobies. It's TV boobies. When your dad puts his hand over your eyes so you can't see movie boobies. Top two boobies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dad hand movie boobies. <laughs> dad hand movie boobies. Uh, two things real quick is out of the gate. Uh thank god for that intro it is probably the shortest intro in tv and they can just pack more it's not this like i mean i don't watch game of thrones but every time i've and it's a super epic intro but give me like a good 10 seconds cool that's what the show's called i don't need to be fucking even though i assume in game of thrones like the intro does it change at all depending on what city there i literally know nothing about it, that it does actually it does it'll add like the different cities throughout westeros um but that's that's like mostly i want to say an hbo thing because if you look at all of their like prestige shows like the opening credit sequence is pretty fucking cut and paste like i'm surprised there hasn't been a super cut of just like each one of these opening credits having the same beats of like here's a close-up on a thing and swelling music (laughs) and clip to another thing that will be relevant in episode nine or whatever it's it's all the fucking same like the west world the uh the 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 and uh, the Night ofs, ofs, ofs and uh, the, the Game of Thrones, feeling old already. Westworld, True Detective, <laughs> Game of Thrones, like they all have the same fucking beats. And it's kind of annoying. And the shows they don't care about, it's like Curve. It's like, yeah, just put the title on for like two seconds and go. Yeah. <laughs> Play that sad trombone. Yeah. But uh, just <laughs> at least Entourage had a good song. Yo, we're getting way out of the way. <laughs> this is what happens when I'm on podcasts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sad I wasn't on this list. I would have picked that in a heartbeat. Oh, wow. <laughs> Talk about an omission, huh? <laughs> but the short ass intro and just the credit sequence using everyone's name. That's a chemical element, like little, little things. That's what that's, I, again, that's what I mean about just like letting people just fucking show off. Like even the 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 graphics department just like doing their fucking thing. Like they probably weren't instructed to do that. They just thought it was cool and it adds so much. Like it's just a, a fucking cool little detail that was like not necessary but adds and doesn't take away. It's super ah, love it. I feel like we are just going to gush about this show. So is there anything about it that you just didn't like? I mean, I feel like that would sort of come to our LVP discussion. Um, um yeah, which, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, there were, there were definitely a few things like, like, so not enough at bats to qualify for LVP. 
But just the idea of Chad. Which one was which one's Chad? He was the dickhead jock in class that was like oh. making out with his 35-year-old high school girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and had it's like, like you have <laughs> never been to high school, Vince Gilligan. <laughs> Uh, or yeah, and like he shows up later with like a fucking Lamborghini that you know Walt has to clean, and they take a picture of him on a weird digital camera because it's technically a period piece. Um, uh, what was another? Oh, something that I did like a small detail that I did like is it didn't have, and you mentioned like there's you know 25 30 minutes in the middle of this show of just a dude coughing, which is true, but I'm glad that they didn't go for the overdramatic coughing into a handkerchief and showing blood. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's a very easy trap to fall into, especially like in 2008, I could see. And, uh, I'm glad that they didn't reach for that. I'm proud of them. They could have easily done that. Had the scene where, like I said, he coughs, you see the close-up of the blood. You see his eyes, and it's like, oh, God, I got cancer. Yeah. But they didn't do it because they're like, who gives a fuck if the show gets picked up or not? Because we're going to do whatever we want. Any other, any other showrunner, I feel like, does that shot. Whereas instead, they do the, uh, like, you know, him coughing the entire time. Him passing out at work, um, which created a very cool parallel to the final shot of the entire fucking series. Um, yes. And which was fucking amazing. Uh, just seeing that. Um, and then eventually when he's being told, he's so fucking preoccupied with the mustard stain on the doctor's shirt. Like that's, that's what makes this show different and sets it apart from any other drama, like before, during or after it. Um, What's, that's what sets the good dramas apart is just those little fucking things of just not falling into these traps and just doing something um, not quirky, but just really thoughtful. <laughs> like, that's a really thoughtful yeah. <laughs> and real thing to to do. I don't know. Like, this, but you're, you're right. It's like, to go, I guess I can flash my insider knowledge in this. Well, uh, took you long <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, I, honestly, a big part of why most and this might not be surprising, but a big part of why most shows get over the hump and not is the network executive who's assigned to that show. Like people think that oh, network notes are fucking gonna ruin the show, but a lot of the time that executive goes in, they see it in a way that you don't see, but they also have to fight for that to their boss. Yeah. Because something like I know AMC does, they have like conferences where they will sit down and they will watch like all of the like presentations that they for new shows that they want. And you're just in a room and your career is at, at stake, your words at stake. So if you're going to push for something, you really fucking have to believe it or you are or you're going to be working at like CISO or something. Whoa, <laughs> no, no. whoa, shots at CISO. Um, joking that's a great <laughs> network actually they're doing really good stuff over there <laughs> and we'd love them to be a sponsor of, uh, of arcade audio shows um yeah we should edit that out <laughs> <laughs> just can you just bleep that <laughs> 
Oh, 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 this is some insider beef that we're just... <laughs> I just want I just want the message boards to light up. <laughs> That's how message boards work, right? There's little thing. <laughs> we're so old. <laughs> Oh, can I bring up one thing that I didn't like? Well, sure. I, I liked it, but it just made me very sad. Um, and that was the saddest hand job in the history of network TV. You know, I was thinking about that because uh, <laughs> I the the scene starts where Skylar's giving Walt a a birthday hand job, and my, oh. that was my first thought as well. And then thought about it more, and this is why I should take notes. Uh, because the, the the real word that came to mind uh, for it was oh, fuck, fuck. What was it? Because it was it was just left of sad, you know. Like <laughs> she was, you know, it was his birthday, so she was like sort of into it. Like yeah. if anyone was more sad about it, it was bit. him, you know. <laughs> and so it was just like. <laughs> It was like a side job hand job. <laughs> it was the most multitasked hand job. Because <laughs> technically, she was on her laptop while giving the hand job, selling stuff on eBay. Yeah. Giving him a hand job. And the one note I wrote for that scene, and this goes to your bigger point of details, details, details. During a hand job, they're somehow able to get exposition out of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that's an important scene during a fucking hand job. <laughs> like in like fucking like Entourage when Vinny chases fucking someone. There's no exposition. It's look at this fucking cool dude fucking this hot chick. Oh, you don't remember all those lines of dialogue where uh, Vinny Chase was worried that uh, 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 Turtle's investment in uh, uh, Avion Tequila was not going to pan out. <laughs> It's a good point. <laughs> All those talks. <laughs> oh man, I was really, really nervous about making a very specific entourage reference, but I think, <laughs> think history is going to be on my side on that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you have like a like a, a favorite scene of uh, of everything that we saw? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, it's. Easy to say the uh, the opening. It's very easy to say that. But I'm gonna go with the scene where uh, where uh, Jesse. I'm not fucking the scene where they're in trying on the pants. Uh, Walter Jr. trying on pants. Yes. And Walt just comes in and beats the ever loving shit out of the guy for like no reason. Well, I mean, for, gives for the reason, mi- but yeah, he gives the misdirect uh, of like, no, just don't do anything. And Skylar was about to go over there and like fucking rip into this dude, but yeah, that was a that was a really good scene. That was the scene that that snapped me out of like checking my phone. Because it's like you just because I, I obviously at that point is when he starts breaking bad, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's like that's where the show starts because. This entire the entire show, not to expand past the first episode, is an origin story of a supervillain. Yeah. So, but you you have to find your exact moment where he's like, "I'm not gonna be me anymore." 
as uh, it was famously described by uh, Gilligan, was uh, it's it's the story of uh, how Mister Chips turns into Scarface. That's fucking awesome, <laughs> and and most people probably don't get that reference <laughs> because yeah, we're all either reference. I get half of the reference, and I can infer the other <laughs> half. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually watched Chips, but I'm probably a good show. Um, there, uh, yeah, there were, there was also, um, a lot of references to, uh, towards either referring to things as a science or as an art, which I found like super just interesting from a, uh, creator, a creator standpoint. Um, because again, like the show is so precise um, it's almost scientific in its creation, but it's also incredibly like creatively flourishing. And um, it's it's uh, the two worlds uh, rarely do meet, but um, this is a super cool way of of seeing that actually uh, come to fruition. And it just it lets you know everything you need to know about the characters you're going to see. Like for Walt, it's like this is you guys are idiots. There's a reason why smart rich people aren't selling this or doing this yeah because it's so simple and it's like to i mean maybe that's how vince gilligan sees this show at the same way it's like we're not doing anything crazy guys yeah it's not i'm just making a tv show yeah but no it's just funny that the people who work it's like oh it's art it's you know it's like motherfucker i just mix some shit together yeah you just put these (laughs) elements together it's gonna be it's gonna be really good just do yeah. this, you dummies. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of which, I one thing I did not like is Aaron Paul's teeth. For someone who does meth, looked way too good. Uh, Come upset me. Fair, fair. I mean, <laughs> as a rebuttal, like it's not really clear how much meth he does at this point because it gets to a point where he's doing a lot of meth. He's doing, um, yeah, you know, so he might just be like a product tester or something. You know, you just you know. <laughs> Doing some QC on uh, on what he's putting out there, but uh, I I love the fact that like the first time we see him, he's like in his underwear on a roof, which is very funny. Um, and uh, he I don't know, it's he seems very different from what my memory of Pinkman is. Uh, throughout like the rest of the show like he's sort of and i guess this is by design and i'm just like realizing this now but like he seems to be doing all right for himself like he's you know lady was was pretty smoking and he's got a nice car and he's like you know he seems to be doing considering the fact that he's a fucking meth dealer (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah and then just like after Walt comes into his life like he just pretty much seems like just trash <laughs> which uh, which is exactly uh, what happened you... it's about decay yeah. <laughs> and Walt Walter White is actually the drug that Jesse is using fuck <laughs> Vince Gilligan's like no he's just the guy shut <laughs> up stop trying to make this art <laughs> 
Um, but apparently, apparently, there was a rumor that uh, I, I guess it was confirmed. But yeah. like originally, Jesse was supposed to die either in the first season or the first episode, or at the like, he was uh, made to be killed. The end of the first season, he was uh, supposed to be offed. But you know, hey, that just goes to show you how f- also flexible. Like this show had a clear vision, but it allowed itself like the fluidity to change. Which was great because, you know, in later seasons, you get this like really weird and completely unrelated fucking kleptomaniac storyline with Marie (laughs) that absolutely sucks. It's the worst part of the show. It really is. That and uh, and Hank's obsession with minerals. Like there's a close (laughs) second. The minerals, Marie. Although I Hank love is that so much. It's it at least that's like funny bad, whereas like the kleptomania thing was just bad, bad. Um yeah. speaking of Hank, another scene that I actually really liked was uh at his birthday party and Hank just kind of being a uh a, a a red state meathead <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> Comes in, steals a birthday boy's drink, makes everyone at his own birthday watch him yep. arresting people. It's and that's the great thing about this is like we're conditioned to always love the main character, and now mm-hmm. we've got this like dickhead who's actually doing good things for the world. Yep, and we have to hate him. Yeah, and it's like what the and it's, it's, it's and again you could draw a parallel between just that. And what happens later with, like, you find out his backstory of, for Walt and, like, how he was part of this company and he didn't see it through to fruition and he, like, missed out on billions of dollars and they're doing a good thing for the, for the world. But, like, he got screwed and so you inherently sympathize with him. But no one else did anything fucking wrong here. <laughs> no. He's, like, the one good person yeah. in this entire show. Though, um, they did make looking in the DEA look like so much fucking fun. I want to go rob some crap, rob, rob some crack houses. And easy, too. Like, they made it look really easy. It's like, yeah, you just, you know, you know what the house is. You get your SWAT team. They go yeah. in. It's easy, right? Yeah. You hang out in an air-conditioned minivan. <laughs> and you make bets. You make racist-ass bets. <laughs> you get... You can bring whoever you want on these <laughs> ride-alongs. So fucking let them come into the crime scene. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> no one's watching you. No one's doing anything. <laughs> and the one thing we're going to do is to make sure not to check the second floor of a house. Because, you know, no one else could be there. Well, that was the house next door. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, because yeah. they mentioned... God um, damn this show. Yeah, because they mentioned later on when uh, Jesse goes to, like sell uh the new crystal to his old partner's brother uh he's like yeah i heard you know while he was getting uh you know nailed by the dea you were uh banging the neighbor lady next door and it's like boom there you go um damn little things little things man minutia just just notice it um uh mvp and lvp um, do you have nominees for, for both or do you have an idea or uh, let's start with LVP? Cause I sure. think that's an easy one. It's I, Mar- 
Yeah, go ahead. It's Murray. Yes, I agree. Um, I feel like overall, uh, Anna Gunn as Skylar takes like a lot of shit. Um, and people just, I think it's equal parts. People don't like the character and people don't like her as a performer. Um, but I thought that she was actually very good in this pilot episode. Um, I liked her a lot. And I, wish, I, I agree. Yeah. I wish that Skylar stayed like this uh, throughout <laughs> most of the show and not like just kind of a buzzkill sort of. Yeah, I, I'm, I feel the same way. I feel like she just became this unnecessary antagonist eventually. But in the first episode, it's it's a good. She's a good, solid, three dimensional rock. Yeah, you know what you're gonna get with her. She's not great, but she's not as terrible as her sister is. Whereas uh, Betsy Brandt, you're the LVP. <laughs> damn it, you ain't. You're not. You're not good. MVP. This is this is a hard one for me. My two nominees are, but I, I do want to throw like Hank in there too. But yeah. there's a lot of people. Yeah, it, it, it's it's either Brian Cranston or Aaron Paul for me probably, uh, and just because I think no one uses their time on screen more effectively than Aaron Paul. So I'm gonna go with that. Would be my uh, push. My nominees: Aaron Paul. Wow. Wow. Um, I, man, if this was like season, if if pilots existed in season four of shows, nothing about that makes sense. I think like Dean Norris would like clean the shit up. Um, Oh yeah. No, not even close. Uh, and I feel like Cranston has to like, he, he has to do so much in this and he just, he delivers so fully whereas like later in the the run he like starts to play a little big he starts to chew up a little more scenery but in this he was he had to play a lot of different notes and uh i i i you know uh aaron paul's usage rate is is uh you know very good um, I, I think it's just, I don't know how it's not Cranston for the pilot. Yeah. As I said that, I was like, yeah, you're, you're wrong, Tobey, but I, <laughs> you're going to say it. It's, it's, you don't want it to be because that's the obvious thing, but sometimes it's just the obvious thing. Like, I don't know if this pilot works as well with, uh, I mean, I'm just trying to think of like another actor that's kind of like in that wheelhouse and that age range of where of Cranston there. But like, you know, who else? Who else would this pilot like work with if uh, playing Walter White? That's I. It's gonna sound bad. But I don't know if there is anyone else who can play who would play with such subtlety. Yeah. Because I feel like anyone else who's good enough, I feel like, well, this is a weird one, but you know what? I'm going to say Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, okay, sure. If you want to just throw down, like, fucking, <clears throat> like, easy answers, sure. 
He's know. a good actor, right? I think yeah, he could do this. Yeah, it turns out he would probably be able to pull that off. <laughs> Fucker. Fine, Matt Damon, gay, take it, <laughs> Jesus. God. <laughs> Is Daniel Day-Lewis still working? Throw him in. I mean, but like, you know, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I, I, think I can't think of... Because that is such a hard age range as an actor, and this um, not many people have that kind of subtlety, especially people working in TV, and that's yeah. why Brian Cranston's doing movies now because he's yeah. above TV. I also love that he's not above like reprising the role for like commercials and shit, <laughs> just going on, like random like late shows, being like, "Fuck it, man! This show made me a shitload of money. I don't yeah. care." Yeah, I, I fucking love that to all hell. Um, cool. Uh, is there a anything you would ask uh, Vince Gilligan about either this pilot or uh, the the series as a whole? Honestly, the one more thing I would ask him because there's a lot of things are explained, they're easy. Yeah. But what was the purpose of making of having Walter Junior be handicapped? Good question. Um, and I'm proud of us for, you know, going this long without bringing that up. Uh, yeah. I feel and like he was very purposely excluded from LVP and MVP. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I wonder if there was, like, good reason for that or if it was a if it was just a little more shallow of like just just heaping on just heaping heaping troubles and obstacles uh, i think that this is one of the times where it's like guys it's not fucking art yeah i just wanted people to feel a little more bad yeah yeah um i would probably follow that up with how many handicap actors did you uh, audition <laughs> And, and was he really the, be- the best one? Was he really the best one? <laughs> so that's the best one you got? <laughs> can, I, can we go watch some uh, Cassie Call tapes again? Fancy? Yeah. So, one more time? Uh, also props, uh, this is one of the last things I'll, I'll, I'll harp on about the show. Um, but also props for this show taking place in Albuquerque. From what I understand, yes. it was originally supposed to take place in L.A., and it was just cheaper to shoot in Albuquerque, which if that's what it takes to place shows anywhere other than fucking New York or L.A., awesome. <laughs> Whatever it fucking takes. But that, that's the crazy thing about it is you almost have to do it in those cities because once a city becomes synonymous with the show, it always feels like a kind of a rip. Like if. Another show decided, let's go in Albuquerque, and that was a point place. It's like, well, now you're just serving off Breaking Bad. I mean, I I get that point, but I think it also kind of depends on what the show is and, you know, how you photograph the city uh, that you're shooting in um, and how I, I fucking hate this phrase, but how the city's a character in, in the piece. Um, <laughs> Literally about to say that, so I'm glad you did first. 
like I get it, and there's definitely some times where yes, that is 100% the case. Um, but it's just it just it just sounds gross. It just sounds shitty to say. <laughs> it sounds like you're up your own ass. Uh, but uh, I mean, like for example, how many fucking things take place in New York? And to me, the most unique. New York, fuck me, uh, show <laughs> no. on TV right now is Mr. Robot. Because, I don't know, it feels like they shoot that city in a, in a way that's completely different from anything else that shoots in New York right now. So, um, For most uh, most other things, it's like, oh yeah, look at the fucking statue, hey, look at the buildings, alright, New York, Yeah, now on with the show. And, and the same way for um, L.A. And for L.A., it might be a little different just because it's it's so much bigger and sprawling that it's this might just be a case of showcasing different parts of L.A., but I feel like Insecure does a really good job of sort of highlighting L.A. in, in ways you haven't really seen before either. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Insecure is a really fucking funny show, um, if you haven't checked that out. It's really, really good. That's on my list. I think I like, usually I have a list that I call the how are you not watching this list? Yeah. And it's just the amount of every time someone comes to me and it's like, haven't you watched this? And I'm like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. <laughs> and it, I'm going to like it. I'm going to watch. I'm going to like it. But I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I I call that list for me the I know, I know list. <laughs> like that so much more. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Uh, this fucking gimmick of the show really has taken a hit uh, during this fucking gimmick season. Um, but uh, hey, do you, do you pick it up? Yes, yes, I would. <laughs> and I guess to add to it, uh, would you prefer to see this show on any other channel? That's funny um, because I, I feel like we've talked a lot about HBO here, and I feel like the version that's on Netflix that we watched is the HBO version of what the show would be with, except like it would probably have more swearing and more boobies. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and I feel like that's pretty often a distractor for a lot of HBO shows, like even Game of Thrones and Westworld, like, there's a lot of very good meaty bits in the show, but you saw too many people's meaty bits in the show. Whereas for AMC and like more traditional cable television, like it kind of puts up these, you know, and those, those, those boxes are, you know, breaking down more and more every day, but it gives them a little bit more of a, a tighter construct to work into and they don't have to like, Try and trick you with fucking, you know, wieners and vaginas and stuff. <laughs> the worst. The two I... worst things. <laughs> AMC. We have no wieners or vaginas. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because I, I think I would. Uh, if this show was on HBO or Showtime, maybe even like Netflix. Yeah. Brian Cranston wouldn't have been casted. There's yeah. no possible way. Yeah. It would have been it would have been like an Ed Harris. <laughs> which which would have been good, but he also probably would have like been chewing up scenery a little earlier than Cranston started to, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, and actually I'm reading it now and AMC didn't want Brian Cranston. 
first, and the network approached John Cusack and Matthew Broderick, and they both declined it. So then they ended up going with Brian Cranston after seeing the X File episode that Brian Cranston was in. Yeah, and and I know that's why like Gilligan wrote hard for Cranston. I want a universe where Matthew Broderick plays Walter White for the first two seasons, and John Cusack <laughs> plays him for the rest of the run. <laughs> that's that's actually brilliant. Like they they had two halves of the whole that they wanted. They knew exactly what they because yeah. you get no subtlety. In, in it. I like you fucking you get someone Broderick. <laughs> no, uh, but no, um, we're gonna we're gonna cook meth, and and here's <sighs> let me tell you why my blankie, <laughs> fucking full on producers Matthew Broderick. How many takes will they need of him saying "Say my name"? <laughs> Say my name. <laughs> you know, we just fuck it. We're done. We're we're just canceled. <laughs> Whereas Cusack, here's the thing about Cusack, and this is one of my favorite stories. Um. Uh, Danny Trejo was asked, like, hey, who's the who's the scariest actor that you've, like, worked with? And he's like, you know, man, fucking John Cusack scares the shit out of me, man. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, like, apparently Cusack just has, like, this aura about him where he could just, like, thrust kick you at any time. Like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Maybe I want to see him in this show. Fuck That's it. the thing. It's like I w- I want to see him. I want to see John Cusack as. <laughs> okay, I want them to to to, to remake Breaking Bad, um, and do it in the style of The Incredible Hulk, <laughs> and where <laughs> where Matthew Broderick is Walter White, <laughs> and John Cusack is Heisenberg. <laughs> oh, that is. <laughs> I, I like, want to see this show. Pretty please. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty please. <laughs> oh, man. I just want to see a show like that in general. Right? Yeah. That, that's not the Incredible Hulk. Obviously. Right, right, right. Like a very straightforward <laughs> prestige drama that does that. It's like we're just going to have, we know this actor's range. But we really like him to play. Like when when he's angry, we're just gonna bring him stand in and have him be him. Actually, we just like his subtlety so much. That's actually Mr. Robot. I just realized. <laughs> Spoilers, <laughs> but yeah. Well, fuck. <laughs> we just created Mr. Robot. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, Sam Eshmael, get the fuck out of there. We got this. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Um. Well, I think that's going to do it. Yes, I uh, needless to say, I, I picked this up. I have. I will again. Um, but, yeah, is there anything else uh, uh, that you'd like to add in regard to, to Breaking Bad? Uh, like I said, greatest TV show beginning to end. This is – it's a five-season film as opposed to a TV show. Just yeah. felt like every single loose end is tied up from beginning to end. You go through so many fucking emotions in this show and – yeah, Marie's the fucking worst. Yeah. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah. So thank you, guys. Dobe, dude, thank you so much for, for Skyping in, doing this uh, with me here tonight. Um, thank you all for uh, listening to another episode of Picked Up. I um, feel like we're, uh, yeah, we're starting to wind down this season, and uh, we got some, we still got some pretty great shows 
uh, to watch. So be sure to subscribe. You won't miss a single one of them. And uh, also follow us on Twitter, Picked Up Pod, Facebook, Picked Up Podcast, and also email us at pickedupodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Tope, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, on the internet, on I forgot my Twitter. <laughs> my Twitter is uh, the Tope Network. My Snapchat is Tope at a banjo. If you can't spell that, that's your problem. Uh, every Sunday, Mon, I host RJ Hates Rap on iTunes and Arcade Audio. Subscribe, give us a review. You can have your own song on it. And uh, yeah, Duncan, thanks for having me. This is a blast. Uh, uh, what kind of uh, review? Just any old review or in. <gasps> Uh, uh, iTunes five star five star review. review. There we go. I just <laughs> my wanted favorite to, part of that. I just wanted to do that. I've always wanted to do that with you guys. <laughs> that's my favorite part. That's why I do the show. <laughs> um, actually, by the time you're listening to this, uh, the two live crew episode um, has come out, uh, and I think it's important to ask. Will there be another RJ Hates Rap episode after that? Um, we, we haven't recorded one since then, so I don't know. Okay. It's very upset at me. I'm going to... Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, on that note, um, <laughs> thank you again very much for listening. Uh, until next week, thanks for picking us up, and keep your dial tuned to Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.